Today on Frightful Failures on Film, we are discussing The Lazarus Effect, a wide-release horror film from last year starring Donald Glover, Olivia Wilde, and Evan Peters. Will it hold up as opposed to those crappy low-budget films we were watching a couple weeks ago? Let's find out. So, it's time to order your good guy's doll off of Amazon and ignore those one-star reviews because it's time for... Frightful Failures! everybody for making it through that wonderful intro and as uh, my partner Tian uh, Guignol uh, pointed out we are going to be talking about the Lazarus effect I am your co-host Zach Romero and uh, yeah we suddenly jumped the budget for uh, the films that we decided to talk about significantly and uh, would you say that that helps sort of soften the blow a little bit? You know, I would say so. But I'm also a person who admits that when I go to the store, I will pick the toothpaste that has the prettiest box. So uh, I might not be the best person in terms of, you know, quality versus uh, actual production for, for this particular contest here. So so just note that maybe everything I say today you'll have to take with a grain of salt compared to the other movies because I, I do like a little production value. I'm sorry. I, I like a little money put into my movies, you know? Let's see. That's where you and I differ because I'm okay with somebody filming out of their garage if they have a legitimate story to tell. So Yeah, that's fair. The production value doesn't quite play in to, uh, to my decision-making. So hopefully we'll have a good... Uh, back and forth. Of, uh, I think that makes you more noble as the as the film nerds go. That makes you uh, maybe you maybe know, we'll see. But, uh, guys. but before we get into the movie itself, did we want to go over and, uh, and and wrap up some business from the previous episodes in terms of the uh, positive reviews that we've been forced to write? Oh sure, yes. Yeah. So uh, for anyone out there who may have stumbled upon this podcast on accident and happened to listen to the whole thing. Um, we had essentially come up with the idea of uh, playing a game each week where the winner would choose the movie for next week and the loser would have to write a uh, very positive review of the current movie we were reviewing on Amazon. Now, um, I had actually done this because we started the game and, you know, as you recall, you and I didn't play the game on air the first time mm -hmm. and I lost the first time. So I wrote a positive review of The Chosen. Uh, the following week we played the game on air. Um, you lost on The Hollow. So we each have a positive review. Uh, myself for The Chosen, our first episode, and you for The Hollow. So, uh, mm -hmm. ooh, ooh. so I was say, do you want to go first since we'll go do it chronologically? Sure, it makes sense. All right. So um, I have here, and by the way, one of the five star reviews on The Chosen here is from the director. So. I saw that and I was like, <laughs> I think that's really sad. Like, at least put on like a synonym or something yeah, like and that. He, like, don't... And he honestly didn't even have that much like substantial to say good about it he just kind of was like this is a bunch of fun I'm like <laughs> right yeah. all right like maybe you should have something a little more concrete than yeah lol it was a good weekend fun. like yeah i i passed this off to some editor i got to do the fun part all right so um my review titled not forgettable not boring i didn't fall asleep all right, so uh, the review states, This was, by all means, not a completely forgettable film. It had elements of horror in it. I felt most characters reacted pretty reasonably to being forced to murder their blood relatives, which is a sign of good writing. Spoiler alert. At some points, I felt something similar to suspense, such as the little girl standing. The nun was pretty cool. Most of the characters were tolerable. Likeable would be perhaps too strong a term. Relatable, certainly not, but I could tolerate them. The effects were, dare I say, not utterly repulsive, and the monster wasn't a complete letdown. I, I like the poster. Yeah, the poster. Overall, the bottom line is this movie is not a total waste of time and won't make you regret spending even a single penny on it since it's currently available on Netflix. To hear our full review of The Chosen, check out Frightful Flares on iTunes and Stitcher. Which I really like that ending because uh, it's very deceitful in terms of, well, we go into more detail. Just kidding. We poop all over. <laughs> I mean, uh, wow. <laughs> so one thing I will note about your review is uh, as, as much as it's technically positive, it's still pretty dickish. <laughs> Was that so? Not, uh, I, I may have misunderstood the rules. Um, uh, so, so well, well, let's let's listen to mine and then okay. we can compare right. and contrast. <laughs> um, uh, the Hollow is a modern. Now, uh, spoiler: I went way fucking over the top. Okay. 
The Hollow is a modern-day horror classic that mixes both real-life family dynamics with a genuinely terrifying monster. The film stars a trio of young actresses that not only give multi-layered performances, but set a new standard in female empowering protagonists the likes of haven't been seen since Ripley in the Alien franchise. <laughs> it hurts me to read this. Uh, it <laughs> hurts me to hear it. <laughs> One additional note about these three special characters. In recent years, it seems that protagonists have become so generic that even remembering their names can be a struggle. <laughs> well, this art piece goes out of its way to make sure that the names of the focal trio stays with you long after the film is over. The plot is clear and suspenseful, utilizing both modern scare tactics and classic monster motifs. Said monster in this cinematic endeavor is both uniquely designed and a sly wink to the classic premise of something scary in the woods. I give this film five stars, not because it's an excellent example of modern horror, but because it should be considered a benchmark and blueprint for the next generation of films that want to include CGI monsters, internet personalities, and a backstory that could be that could double as a gritted reboot for the Sanderson sisters. My goodness, you can just drop the mic at this point. That's that's superb. Well, we we really took two different angles on this, and um, uh, you know, uh, so so what do you what do you want the, the the outline of this to be for future games? I mean, do do you want it to be that we have to be as sincere as possible? Like, uh, do you... oh, absolutely. I, I think we should just be flat out lying. Flat out lying. Okay, but but I do appreciate the reading between the lines of your review. Um, I feel like mine is just. Uh, I think people would like okay, if we if you read your review before watching the movie, would I buy it? No, no, I would definitely no. see through it. But but exactly. your review uh, your review is so glowing that I I would pay money for the hollow immediately. And that's, and that's my point is I is feel that the like objective people, is to swindle people. <laughs> well, no, but I feel like if you watched if you read your review. Mm -hmm. You would know going in like, oh, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> but if you read mine and then watch it and then go back and read it again, I feel like you would just be angry. Yes. No, like, no, uh, yeah, I fucking know their names because they said them a thousand times, you asshole. No, like, I feel like that's that's where I came from. So I don't think we should change anything right now. I think I like I like the different styles. Sure. And uh, okay. I, I want to see. Um, that's fine. I want to see how many people find them to be helpful. Yeah. Hey. So feel free to post yours, and then you know I, I I'm okay us doing the the nod to the to the podcast and the review because I oh, think that will definitely add to the comedy when they discover it and hear us tear it apart and, for oh, an hour. Yeah. Hey, by the way, we pooped all over yeah. it for an hour. <laughs> So yeah, I'll definitely include that in the in the review. Superb, well. and um, we actually for for this week, and we'll do this after we do our review. But um, we have another slightly different game. Uh, there'll be more just uh, trivia questions uh, from a third party. Um, actually, our intern, sort of, who runs our uh, Instagram. You can find her at Hello Greedo, um, and we'll, we'll plug our stuff after. The mysterious and handsome intern. Um, mm. So. Yes. And one thing I want to mention is I do find it hilarious that if we continue the uh, game bit, that it just changes every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, like, exactly. Okay, so now we're going to play Connect Four right. to figure out <laughs> so who's got to write the review. <laughs> All right, so we got words with friends, so that's going to make this episode last another hour while we play that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. So uh, let's talk about uh, Lazarus. Let's do it. All right, had you heard of this movie at all? Uh, just in passing, but I knew nothing about it going in, and so, uh, which you would think would give me the best uh, possible way to not be disappointed in mm -hmm. it, and uh, I will say that although it was produced well, I found it, in, here's my, this is going to be my uh, most pretentious uh, sum up I think I'll ever be able to produce. Let's hear it. I found the film very derivative of other better films. Mm, yes. No, I agree completely. And uh, that's one of the main things that I had, uh, especially early on in the movie. Now, I will say that a lot of the notes that I was taking early in the movie, sort of, I, I had to throw a point out the window because it, it did legitimately have a, you know, some sort of twists I wasn't expecting. Um, but that said, uh, a lot of it still very much expected and definitely moments where I, I said to myself, are they really going to do this? They, they just did it. So, um, specifically with the paramedic, 
All right, so so let's get into it. Uh, Let's go ahead and start our synopsis here. You want to kick us off? Sure. So the film begins, and we are in... uh, Well, actually, we've got our first clip ready to show how the film begins. Yeah, and what I want to say about that specifically, I don't know if you have a a point you want to make about it, but... um, Obviously, this uh, this movie is about reanimation. Uh, if you didn't get it from the title, you haven't seen a trailer for this movie. This movie's about reanimation. Um, you know, a group of scientists working on this serum that can bring a corpse back to life. Now, here's my issue with this and every other Frankenstein movie or anything that deals with reanimation, is that the beats, when they're attempting to do it, are always the exact same. Mm-hmm. The corpse is there. They inject the serum. Nothing happens. They wait anxiously. Nothing is happening. Somebody makes some kind of lighthearted comment, and then it brings to life, and a loud noise occurs. Um, those yeah. are always the beats, no matter what. I've never seen, maybe not never, but I, I hardly ever have I seen a reanimation scene in a horror movie where they've injected the serum, and immediately the corpse starts kind of slowly moving, and they you know, back off, and they don't use it to jump scare. Uh, very true, very true. And I will get into more detail about where I what I saw that take from, um, but I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. So um, it starts, and we get our first jump scare right off the bat. We get, like, this grainy security footage, mm-hmm. and then uh, and I, let me just play the first clip here. They're, they're working on a pig. They've got a dead pig uh, on the, uh, I guess, working table mm-hmm. and they've injected something in it and they're electrocuting it and then we get our first jump scare about, I don't know, 20 seconds in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, spike the glutamate. Spike it. Increase gain six points and push serotonin. Okay, and then two, our sort of introduction into what this whole premise and their testing process. So they have this magical do everything serum yeah. that they that they inject into a dead uh, formerly living thing, and then they uh, stimulate it electronically with some like jolt of electricity, and then somehow magically that that not only brings it back to life but also cures it of whatever killed it. Yeah, which I guess is this sort of their MacGuffin of. Well, if you had somebody who had, like, you know... Brain cancer. Yeah. How are they going to walk around if even if they jump jump start them again? Yeah. Like, oh, because the serum also fixes whatever killed them. But, yeah, so that's basically where where they're coming from, is they're doing this weird, like, injection, electrocution thing, and then that jump starts the animal. But in that first example, they can't keep the animal alive for whatever reason. It actually makes me realize uh, how little scientific explanation we as audience members need. They they could literally just say science, 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 and we'll just buy it and say, oh, magic cure everything serum. Because that's exactly right. what happens in the beginning. He says, oh, de- develop this serum that stimulates the nerve endings, and, you know, we're, and all we're hearing is science, science, science. So... Yeah, so they uh, they're doing experimentation on that. They got a grant from this university, mm-hmm. and so they're working in their lab space. And they have this small team of scientists. So it's Olivia Wilde, it's the guy from the League, it's Donald Glover, it's generic white guy. That's and having greener this, buddy. It's this generic white guy, <laughs> and then they uh, they bring in this this redheaded chick to be their camera person to sort of like crop like. At first, I thought it was going to be they're doing a video to sort of update the board of directors or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. But they don't really get into why or who sent her to be recorded to, to record them or, or what the purpose was. It's just going to like, and here's our newest member. And that's it. Yeah, like, no, that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what who the video was being sent out to exactly. Uh, investors right, exactly. or America's funniest. Home yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, after we're set up here to, you know, our, our, our friendly kooky scientists and, you know, they have some little playful interactions to show that they're friends. They've known each other. They've been working on this project for a long time. 
that, uh, you know, they begin to set up uh, their next experiment, which uh, the first one that you just heard was on a pig, and uh, this next one is going to be on a dog. Um, and as Zach said, they established that uh, the dog has cataracts. They established that there's a specific ailment that this dog had before it died. Yeah, they put it down because it had stage five cataracts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they go ahead and uh, enact the serum. Um, once again, the same beats that you would expect. Um, the same uh, <laughs> start off, inject the serum, wait a minute, somebody says, you know, something a little lighthearted, and then the dog barks and jumps up in somebody's face. Which, which let me get into my first big, uh, this is taking from this and not doing it as well. Sure, reanimator. Um, yes, mm-hmm. and I am a giant reanimator fan. So, uh, the well, exactly what Tien just said, that the beat of jump scare... Um, reaction is is done in reanimator as well however it's done the first time when they inject the arnold schwarzenegger stunt double in reanimator same thing they're like oh it's not working what's going on and then he wakes up and then he starts like on this crazy rampage from that point on herbert west knows what's up yes Mm -hmm. and so from that point on he's never caught off guard when something is is reanimated because he knows that it takes a minute Yes, and and you are completely right. That's uh, an infinitely better reanimation movie, and and definitely breaks the void. You know, when I thought of oh, what are the beats of reanimation? You know, even in a Frankenstein movie, you have Victor Frankenstein, who's supposed to be this genius who single handedly you know uh, beat death essentially, and mm-hmm. you know we'll still in some portrayals of him, like the most recent one, James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe, where they'll do the same beat, where they'll reanimate a monkey and they'll say, oh, oh, guess it didn't work, and then the monkey screams in your face. Um, right. And so, yeah, re- really an issue there. Um, and, and definitely that's what I was thinking about is that there, there are reanimations in Reanimator that, that don't, you know, use that beat. You know, like when he's reanimating the cat after it's, you know, back. It's back. Yeah, the cat, the Dean, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of them where it's like the, from that point on they figure out, okay, it takes a minute. They never figure that out in this movie. No, they never Every do. Every single time it catches them off guard. Yes. Be it the pig, the dog, what's eventually going to happen. Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. the dog comes back, and okay, everything seems to be fine. And then uh, here's where I thought they were going with it. I thought we were going to shift from um, fishing in Reanimator's Pond to fishing to in f- Pet Cemetery. Exactly, mm-hmm. which is another film that I love. I love Pet Cemetery. Yeah. I really do. It's it's a very um, – it's it's it doesn't age beautifully mm-hmm. because it is sort of this weird early 90s could have been made for TV kind of Stephen King movie. Yes. But there are some really genuinely excellent moments in it. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, it is definitely regarded as a classic. And even if you just want to talk about the story as opposed to the movie right, itself, exactly. you know, that's, uh, they are stealing from that, you know, and, and we thought, okay, well, this is, this is maybe where they're going with it. Not as right, much as because, I thought, but... Because the dog is, is alive again mm-hmm. for all of ten minutes, and then they're suddenly like, hmm, something seems to be off with Fido, and he starts getting more aggressive, and he's and the dog's evil at that point. So you go, okay, so we are doing Pet Cemetery. Yes, then. we're doing Pet Cemetery. So, so at that point, uh, you know, they're studying the dog. Um, there's a brief uh, subject that they kind of touch on. They introduce early on, which is the the religious stuff in this movie, where they think, "Well, uh, Olivia Wilde says to yeah. dude from the league, like, uh, what if we pulled him from doggy heaven?" Um, and so it sort of brings up this whole. What is introduced sloppily in most uh, mad science movies, which is, "Are we playing God?" Um, and I mean, they don't get super deep into it. Uh, they don't completely abandon it, but they don't get super deep into it. And... Can we can we talk about that for a second, sure. though? How did you feel about that introduction? Like you said, obviously, if you're doing these kind of experimentations, that that question's going to come up. But what did you think about Olivia Wilde's um, devout Catholicism <laughs> as a scientist? You know, uh, that it seemed a little placeholder to me it seemed a little like well we gotta have at least one character in this movie that you know can argue with mark duplass or you know somebody else you know there there had to be a conflict there and they just it seemed like they just kind of spun a wheel and picked which character was going to be religious and just happened to work out that it was you know one of the main characters so that they can have that inner turmoil in their relationship and uh you know so it just seemed very strange to me that if you were a scientist that that was high up in the field 
that you would still be like, well, I don't know if the baby Jesus wants to do this experiment. Especially like, this deep into the experiment. You would think it would be early on that they'd be like, you know, um, before we do this whole pig thing, um, what is this like moral? Like, are we breaking anything? You know, can, well, let's talk about this for a second. But to, exactly. to actually have successfully perfected this serum over a, a course of months and then actually reanimate a dog fully and then to be like, hang on a second. Yeah, also, side note, so like I said, the dog is back, and it's not just like Cujo 24-7, but it's just being weird. Yes. And uh, what did you think about the scene where the dog, like, sneaks into Olivia Wilde's bedroom? That was very weird. Um, I, uh, you know, I mean, you sort of expect, like, is is the dog going to attack her, or is she going to wake up? But it, it almost... It maybe was hinting towards the connection to, or, you know, what was foreshadowing, perhaps, you know, that, that the dog found some kind of connection to her specifically, maybe seeing the future. And, and this is opening up kind of to later plot points that we'll get into. But, you know, it does reveal that, you know, those who have been reanimated uh, sort of become gifted in a way. So, yes. so it could have been that this dog now had some kind of sight beyond sight and could see, like, Lovey Wild's future and want to go in there. But um, I don't think that scene worked for me um, because basically what happens is she's sleeping mm-hmm. alone for some reason. And then the dog sneaks in and gets on the bed and just kind of, like, stands above mm-hmm. her, not making any noise. And the movie presents it like this is horrifying, like the, the, whatever's going on right now is the scariest thing. And being someone who grew up with dogs, like... They do that all the time, a, yeah. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's a puppy. Like, that's just it just wants to snuggle in bed. Like, that's fine. So that didn't really affect me at all. Like, I didn't go, oh, my God, what's that? I was just like, is she going to wake up and, like, cuddle with the puppy? Like, what is going to happen here? Like, that was not... For everything pointing to it as being something terrifying... I did not find it. The music, scary yeah, the, the music, uh, the crescendo did set it up as if the dog was about to attack her or something, and right, you know, or, or eat her soul or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, so other than the dog being weird in bed, uh, and we briefly skipped they... over that um, early on, uh, before this point, Olivia Wilde has had a nightmare um, that yes. has shown an apartment building on fire and these, you know, kind of blackened fingers coming under the door of this, you know, locked apartment at the end of the hallway and uh so and some burning dolls and things like that so you see this nightmare early on she's afflicted by nightmares they sort of establish that okay so then we get the actual scientific mumbo jumbo Mm -hmm. about the dog and what's happening to the dog on a neurological level so let me play this clip now right okay so far we've seen three distinct phases of development Phase one, subject is resuscitated uh, through an infusion of LAZ-510 serum and targeted electrical stimulation. Phase two, the serum remains in the bloodstream longer than anticipated. Phase three, metabolic functions produce a potentially disruptive hormonal imbalance. Subject shows signs of confusion, loss of appetite, and marked signs of aggression. Now we're in phase four, I guess. The subject's brain continues to create new neural pathways at an unprecedented and alarming rate. Okay, so, um, basically, like I said, the, uh, the, the long and short of it is the dog is somehow, now, now it's limitless. Now the dog <laughs> is Bradley Cooper, and, uh, and now it can just do amazing things all of a sudden, which have equated to the dog seems to be going apeshit a lot. Hey, I want that pill. I want that pill. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I, I should have had the I should have had the I said bacon bacon I should have had that uh, <laughs> that soundbite ready damn it anyway yeah sorry buddy well um so yeah so so we're in dog limitless now and um so now we get to one of the major uh, twists of the movie which is that apparently the university now that they now that they've had a success uh, the university that they're working for has sold them out to um, essentially the company from Jurassic Park. Um, right. uh, and they're, I think they were called evil co Industries. evil, evil, like evil industries. Um, so they come in a bunch of, you know, faceless suited white gentlemen walk in the room and begin to, you know, collect all of their research. They just take the computers, they take the dog, um, they take, uh, everything that they have and leave them with nothing. And the crew is distraught. They say, how could this have happened? But they're kind of looking in their legal contracts saying, well, there's really not much we can do. And Mark Duplass, a physical light bulb appears over his head and he says, or we could replicate the experiment. 
And they go, what are you talking about, Mark Duplass? And he says, no, no, no. We still have some of the equipment here. We still have everything to do the actual experiment. We just don't have our date anymore. So now that we have our pretty redhead here, she can videotape us doing it. Then we'll have uh, absolute proof that we are the ones who invented the Lazarus serum and designed it. And we, we will get the credit for it. And a couple of things that I want to point out. First off, slight correction. The Evil Co. does not take the dog. They don't? Um, for, for being a company that rolls in and just says, hey, for reasons we're not going to really explain, we're taking everything, we're not bringing you in, and we're doing, which doesn't, which doesn't make any sense. Because if the, if the company, wanted, if they heard tell of, okay, they had their first success, there's real potential here, why would you not try to buy out that team and go, we need you to develop it further for us? Who's going to go, well, we'll just take the results and we'll just reverse engineer it and spend way more money to try to figure out our, ourselves instead of just ask the goddamn people who are standing here. Yeah. Uh, and that really irked me, by the way, yeah, because yeah. they don't ever explain what happens, why the suddenly this company just comes in and rips it up. Because the um, the dean is like, oh, well, this is in violation. This wasn't what you were supposed to be working on. You know that 83% of our, our campus is religious. What the fuck? What? what are, are they like a private Catholic school? Like, what do you mean 83% of that? What, what does that matter? They're, they already go over the medical benefits of it. They say, oh, well, we're doing this not to bring people back from the dead, but to give doctors more time to work on certain procedures so that they can save more people. Yeah, no, that was uh, totally, totally insane. I mean, and, and granted that they were bringing things back from the dead. Right, But, but, right, but, but still, but, I mean, like... Once again, it's it almost is related to the Olivia Wilde religious discussion, where it's like, why did this not come up before? Yeah, why did and no so, one bring this up before. And so, yeah, they basically just go, uh, "No, this needs to be shut down." Well, why? I don't know. We didn't write that, so just it's shut down now. So as the evil corporation storms in and grabs everything, redheaded girl just opens the cage, puts the leash on the dog, and just walks out of the scene. And that's okay. Mm. Like this corporation that's like, we got to get everything. We got to get every sticky note you ever wrote on that might have had something. We want it all. But this dog that has clearly been uh, experimented on, well, we'll just leave that at whatever. That's their dog. I, I saw. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not driving a dog in my car. I'm not doing it. They can have the dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is my bad. I saw a body take the dog out of the scene during the essentially ET storm of the you know government. <laughs> so uh, I assumed it was the. I was like doing dishes while I was watching this movie at one point. So that's that's my bad. <laughs> but um. So, <laughs> anyways. Uh, so, so at this point, yes, that they have uh, now decided they're going to replicate the experiments, and that they, they sort of, you know, the Donald Glover character and Evan Peters give this kind of "you sly motherfucker" kind of line, and uh, and then they go ahead and start replicating it. So they get another dog, looks very similar to the first dog. Maybe they didn't have a budget for two dogs, um, and then they set the situation. Well, yeah, they only have one dog puppet. Yeah. Okay, so they just put a different scarf on yes. it. They're like, mm, different dog, different dog. So they uh, lay down the table, set the experiment again, set the cameras. Olivia Wilde stands next to this giant breaker. For some reason, they don't show any kind of crazy huge Frankenstein switch that needs to be pulled when they first do the experiment. But for some reason, this time Olivia Wilde is standing ready to pull this giant switch. Uh, maybe they're a little more Jimmy rigs this time because of some of their equipment was, you know, pulled from them. But that is that is what they're doing. So, but imagine imagine the scene in Ghostbusters when Walter Peck closes down the the um, ghost trap. Mm -hmm. That's what this thing looks like. It's this giant switch. Yeah, enormous, enormous, enormous switch. She pulls um, as soon as she does. The lights shut down. Um, they go, uh oh, and I guess you know we got to rewire everything. In fact, I think the official line was they all went, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Yes. I think that's mm -hmm. what they said. Uh, that was Evan Peters. He said, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> and Donald Glover looked at the camera and slapped both of his hands on his face like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> and then they turned. It, it was a very big departure. It from was. The it was film. so strange. So then they turn and Olivia Wilde is on the ground. Right. They go. Because Oopi, she was wearing the engagement ring from her and the guy from the league because they put their relationship on hold to try to finish the experiment. And usually she takes all of off of her jewelry because I guess this is just as haphazard as it fucking gets. Mm -hmm. So she didn't for some reason, 
because I guess she's an idiot. I guess that's the reason that the movie's giving us. And so, oops, she gets electrocuted instead. So now she's dead. She's dead. They run over to her. Um, she's dead. They, so the, the typical um, let's try and resuscitate her sort of actions take place. They get a defibrillator. Um, nothing's working. Um, immediately, almost like The Chosen, um, the, the decision is immediate to embrace the supernatural at this point. Where the guy, you know, the, every, the other crew is just kind of standing off the side like, oh, geez, this is awkward. This is going to make dinner really weird. Um, right. And he kind of looks up, tears in his eyes, and you immediately see the look of, well, time to be Herbert West. Right. Now, here's my comparison with Pet Cemetery, and, and, you know, the reason why I have the words Pet Cemetery written in my notes is that... I and I don't know where you fall on the spectrum. You can sort of make the zombie movie analogy here where it's to this point in American cinema where watching a character's grief, we'll only assume so much. So when a character has their wife turn into a zombie and they hesitate to shoot them because they're their wife. We can only buy it so much. We have to have some real connection with their relationship or whatever, because otherwise we as horror fans are going to be like, shoot her, shoot her, shoot her. And same with Pet Cemetery, that when you see, oh, wow, this baby was brought back to life and is a little demon, like slit some old guy's Achilles heel, you know. Uh, Herman Munster, no. Yeah. <laughs> I had no clue that was Herman Munster. Yeah, totally Herman Munster. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, See, and he's like, oh, don't slash my leg, little girl. Oh, and then he, like, fumbles, and then he's like, Lily! Yeah, yeah he has the head thing. wobble. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. Grandpa Munster's like, Eddie! And the baby's like, womp, womp, stabbing people. So, the, the point... Oh, my God. The point is, though, is that um, when you see something like that where obviously something horribly wrong has happened, like with the dog, where they know something's really messed up with the dog, he was the one who did the research that saw this dog. Suddenly, its brain just looks totally abnormal. It's acting very weird. You know, same with Pet Cemetery. The baby came back a demon, but yet when the wife dies, it's still like, well... Yes, we'll try it. We'll give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. You know, and, and we only buy that so much now because we've seen that formula happen before. You know, and and we at this point, you know, the joke about horror movies is that don't go in there and that don't do right. that. And we need to have real, like, concrete reasons and you know relatability to these characters and some thought see some of their thought process to really buy into it and there isn't a whole lot of that here i mean there's the pushback from the other characters of like dude you saw what happened to the dog you know represent kind of us as the audience but he's just there's no there's nothing he's just kind of like well it'll work that's literally what he yeah and, 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 and i wanted to i wanted to, to to bring another point to that because you're absolutely right mm -hmm. and it's funny because we as an audience are kind of jaded like that yeah like in Shaun of the Dead, when Shaun's mom turns, you f you completely are on board with yeah. Shaun hesitating. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're like, oh no, and you really you feel that same way. But that is like one out of a million. Because in every other regard, it's like, oh shoot, Pap Pap, he doesn't care. Like like we're all this like cold hearted like, oh who can't just kill him, just kill him. But to go back to Reanimator, the end of Reanimator is Dan, who is Herbert's uh, buddy. Um, his girlfriend is killed. And so he, same thing. They try to resuscitate. They can't do it. And then he has that same sort of idea of like, wait a minute, I have this serum, blah, 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 blah. But the movie has set up through Herbert West, which even if he's wrong, the movie doesn't suggest it. He says, oh, it's the problem is the body isn't fresh enough. If you could get somebody who was a super freshly dead and you could inject them within like mm -hmm. 15 minutes, they would be fine. Yes. So they give a reason, they give a, a logic to Reanimator of like, well, there's just a, there's an obstacle in the way that if you could get around that, the reanimation would work just fine. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't wake up nuts. They wouldn't be a zombie. They would be just fine. It's just, you have to fit in certain. So Dan tries it at the end and doesn't work. And it's tragic in this. They don't give that in the Lazarus effect. There's like, oh, the dog's crazy after we brought it back. I don't, whatever. We're going to bring Olivia Wilde back too. I'll adjust the thing. So yeah. I wish I had the, the clip queued up for his actual line because it is something that is so just, utterly dismissive of their, you know, very normal, very reasonable, uh, you know, hesitations to try this. And, and he's just like, no, nah, it'll work. You know, he's just like, now, he says something like, oh, I'll, I'll adjust the levels. What the, yeah. what the fuck does that mean? Are you a DJ? Like, 
the other thing I thought was interesting too is what the point that you're bringing up. Like if we're in the movie mm-hmm. and the lead guy says, um, you know, uh, we're we're gonna do this on her all of a sudden. Your point is very sound. You're like, dude, look what happened to the dog. That we know that there's something wrong neurologically. The serum hasn't left the dog system yet. There's something not right. We can't do this. It's a shame that it happened, but this is just irresponsible. Yes. That argument is brought up maybe 10 seconds when everyone's kind of rabbling around, like, rabble, rabble, rabble. Mm-hmm. The main thing that they all say is they're like, who said anything about doing this to humans? Like, that doesn't seem morally right. Like, that's their big problem. Like, oh, she's gone into a better place. Like, they all get religious all of a sudden. Like, oh, I don't know if we should be doing this on people. Uh, what was the eventual goal supposed to be? Yeah. Like, what were we building towards? No, I've, because absolutely. This was sort of the, the, the reason why you test on animals. Like, did nobody know that that was just a test? Like, oh, by the way, this serum isn't just for animals, by the way. We're going we're gonna to apply this to people at some point. Like, there was all the reason in the world not to try it on Olivia, on Olivia Wilde. Yes. However, the reasoning of, <laughs> oh, I didn't sign up for trying to bring people back is not a valid reason because that was the end goal of the experiment. No, That's what you were building. Yeah, this, this was not so a serum irked, developed for farmers, you know, to yeah, help that, that irked me quite a bit. But yeah, so anyway, of course, they tried on Olivia Wilde. It doesn't work. Oh, God. Oh, here's a security guard because they had to break back into the lab to do the experiment. Oh, God, it didn't work. So they're all hiding from the security guard. Oh, he's gone. Thank goodness. They turn around. Oh! <gasps> She's sitting straight up. So, yeah, of course, the exact same thing that happened with the dog, the exact same thing that happened with the pig, she's suddenly awake. Okay, good. <clears throat> she's alive. And now, yeah. uh, the, the the thing is, and here's a, my main issue with this movie, really, to just okay. get into it right now, is yeah. that the poster of the movie is Olivia Wilde looking like a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It pretty much, that to me, seeing the poster and seeing Olivia Wilde looking like a zombie with jet black eyes, you you think to yourself, well, uh, watching the whole entire opening 30 minutes, because it's 35 minutes into the movie before Olivia Wilde dies, then you're just, it it sort of makes everything way less. You know, way as in, you know, how much it weighs. Um, And so... You know, watching these characters' relationship and watching Olivia Wilde, I mean, you're pretty much anticipating, okay, well, she's going to die, you know, because that's what you've seen. The very little setup you get of this movie, even if you'd never seen a trailer for it, you're just, which I believe I had, but but if you're just looking at the poster and the one-sentence synopsis of this movie, you know they're working with a reanimation serum and that Olivia Wilde is on the cover with jet black eyes and veins around her face. So you know, you can infer she's going to die and they're going to use the serum on her. And she, for all intents and purposes, is going to be the big bad of this movie, which really, you know, it just makes you so detached from this character at the beginning. You know, I wish that they had sold it in a different way or had a different poster, you know, so that this, like, scientist that maybe could have been your Jamie Lee Curtis of the movie, it's Mm -hmm. a real, you know, uh, it's a real shock and surprise when she becomes... The, the monster essentially so right. so that that is a, a big issue I have with this movie is that it, it wasn't a surprise it's like well I'm, I'm waiting for her to die and I'm waiting for her to get reanimated exactly so they reanimate her and everything seems fine and then we start to see oh wait a minute you know not this isn't quite how it should be and she starts to uh, to react a little differently and act a little differently in regards to uh, well, what's the explanation they give that now she's limitless too? Like now she's using a hundred percent of her brain. And they, that makes yeah, they magic. explain it like that Scarlett Johansson movie where you know because we don't know what the other ninety percent of the brain is doing at any given point that if it were somehow activated by you know for all intents and purposes magic, um, right. that uh, you know they would uh, develop superpowers really, and this could have been a great superhero movie. Um, right. So. So yes, so and I believe we do have a clip of her kind of 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 her kind of discovering that she does have something beyond that she has some kind of powers. It's good to hear you laugh. <laughs> what? What did you just say? I didn't say anything. <sighs> Are you okay? You've just been through a traumatic, traumatic experience. experience. You need to let your body heal. Just try to take a okay? I'll be right outside the door. 
What? Nothing. <laughs> um, I'm going to come check on you in a second. I'll be right back. So basically there, for those of you who obviously haven't seen it yet, she's hearing, uh, she's reading his mind. She's knowing what he's going to say before he says it. And she's able to move a pen with her mind. Mm -hmm. So she's been given like six X-Men powers all at once. Yeah, no, absolutely. She's become Jean Grey, essentially. This really, right. I mean, she, she really is, for all intents and purposes, kind of like Dark Phoenix in this movie. Yeah, basically. <laughs> really. Um, and so, so yeah, so, so, and then right after that scene, and this is another major problem I have with this movie, is kind of what Olivia Wilde's motivations are after being yes! animated. Oh my god, yes, yeah. thank you, yes. And so what it initially kind of, it, it initially kind of puts you in her shoes a little bit, because... She, they go out of the room. Everybody else is out of the room. Donald Glover, Evan Peters, Mark Duplass, everybody's out of the room. And she can hear them on the other side of the door. She's got, you know, extra Superhero. good hearing. At, you know, um, And so she's hearing them, and she's hearing them kind of talk about her as if she's, you know, a science experiment at this point. Like, something's wrong with her. We need to do more tests. We need to, you know, keep her under a close watch, blah, blah, blah. So it introduces the idea of, oh, maybe we can relate to Olivia Wilde. Maybe we can put ourselves in her shoes because she's being treated like a science experiment at this point. So she's probably very scared and very scared of these new abilities that she has all of a sudden. So let's, you know, let's take Olivia Wilde's side. Let's try and, you know, relate to her at this point. That lasts for so, so little. <laughs> yeah, that lasts for all of about 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we get to the big turn, um, there is one more clip where she talks about, um, now we're getting into the theological aspect of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not only did she die and they bring her back, but she actually got to see what was on the other side. Yes. So here, just a second here. Okay, okay. I'm changing. Okay, shh, calm down. What's happening? I can hear things. I can see things. Look, look at my hand. When I died, I went somewhere. I was in the building. I was there. I could hear the people. They were stuck. Zoe, that was a dream. It's a traumatic memory from your childhood. It's not oh, real. That's what I thought. I couldn't wake up. I was stuck. It was endless. I tried. It went on and on. And every day I was there. It was the same over and over. Every single Zoe, day. Zoe, Zoe, you were gone for less than an hour. You were right oh, here. No, you didn't... No. You don't understand. It's been years. I've been in there for years. Okay, look, listen to me, okay? Your brain was failing due to the lack of oxygen. You're hallucinating from the DMT. This is a terrible memory from your childhood, but it's playing in a traumatic loop. It's like it a was hell. That's what hell is. You relive the worst moment of your life on a loop over and over, and you can. Listen, you're here. You are here now, and you are awake. You're fine. So I did find it interesting that uh, we got the idea that hell is just this reoccurring loop of just the worst moment of your life. Yeah. Which I think they talk about in Drive Angry, which is hilarious enough. But this actually brings me, from this point on, <laughs> what happens is she now just becomes evil. For all intents and purposes. Yeah, like, because at that point, has... you know, yeah, relating to her and saying, wow, she saw hell. And there is even a line where she says to Donald Glover's character, like, I, this is one mistake I made in my life. Because she's replaying that same memory from the nightmare of the, the apartments on fire. And Mark Duplass sort of talks about, oh, when she was a little girl, there was a fire in the apartment and she saw her neighbors trapped under the door and there's nothing she could do. And so it's just been this recurring, recurring horrible nightmare of hers uh, for her entire life. And apparently that is what hell is for her. It's just reliving that moment over and over and over and unable to wake up. And she claims... As you heard, yeah. she's been in there for years. Um, and, and so she even says to Donald Glover, like, that is the only mistake I've ever made in my life, is being a child and not being able to overcome my fear and, you know, help my neighbors and let them escape. Um, which, God knows why, the door, for some reason, was able to open from the other side by a child and not from, you know, three adults on the inside, but whatever. Um, so, so yeah, so, so at this point, this is pretty relatable. This is a scientist who... Um, thought she was doing good for humanity um discovered that um uh, hell is that she's going to hell discovered that she's going to hell and also is now dealing with these sort of extraordinary powers that she knows is going to basically ha be able to have her never leave a normal life again and she's just going to be a science experiment and they may very well you know as they say at one point in the movie dissect her 
Right. And so at this point, yeah, I, I, although the film wasn't amazing, I was still on board with it. Yeah, no. I, I, I thought that it was, although, like I said before, it was derivative of some other greater films, mm-hmm. I thought at least it was somewhat of an interesting concept and I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. But it's really from this point to the rest of the film is where mm-hmm. I feel it completely jumps the shark. No, it absolutely um, does. And one, one minor note I wanted to make in terms of I felt, okay, this movie's got a lot of problems. But one of them I felt like, did this did this movie feel like it got chopped down to you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, from the moment that Olivia Wilde died, and I paused Netflix and saw that the that the dot on my little tracker at the bottom was halfway through the movie, I I, I immediately thought like, wow, they must have just really told these guys, hey, you get an hour. <laughs> you get an hour yeah, to make this do the movie. Most of it. So yeah. enjoy. I mean, we'll give you a wide release. You know, we'll, we'll we'll send you out to all the theaters, but you pretty much get an hour of movie. So do do what you because, can. Because because okay. So Olivia is starting to figure out these powers, and then the dog from Pet Cemetery comes back mm-hmm. in the bathroom with her and is growling like it senses that she's evil, and she looks at the dog, and then the dog is never seen from again. Which okay, maybe she killed the dog. Why didn't we see that? Because it's, oh, 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 so you're not referring to time frame. You're referring to that they might have tried to say, this is a rated R movie, and the studio said, Man, fuck you, it is. Right, because the dog disappearing, the corporation never gets uh, resolved. We never find out. They even do another scene where, okay, they brought Olivia Wilde back. Okay, this is not too bad. And then Donald Glover goes, oh, my God, there's a dummy account on this other thing that is stealing all of our footage at all times and giving it to somebody else. They've been watching us for months. Who's they? I don't know. (laughs) Doesn't matter. We're moving on. That never gets resolved. We never find out why the corporation took away their stuff or what the hell's becoming of of that or anything along those lines. That whole subplot just gets dropped with no resolution. Yeah, I think the... So there seem to be... Yeah, no, it's like the the intention there, I believe, was to just continue to raise stakes. But the stakes are already high. They've already really done something that if they're found, if they're discovered, they're going to jail, most likely. Um, right. And so, you know, the, the stakes didn't need to be any higher. But you're right, they never touch on that again. And, and they never come back. Like, the corporate, like, you would think, oh, my God, they're seeing everything that we did. So you would think, like, okay, here comes this, like, military team just sort of break, like, what's that? No, none of that. It never comes into play again. It's just, yeah, they're seeing this, I guess, and then that's it. We don't, we don't even get like an Albert Wesker at the end, like, yes, this is quite interesting. Like, nothing. It's just like, oh, hey, there's a corporation that's watching us. Well, whatever. And then they just move on to something else. So that, the, it felt like there was more to this movie that just got chopped for whatever reason. Yes. Um, and then more to the point that you made, I feel like, well, let's talk about it jumping the shark here. So. So Olivia Wilde just becomes evil all of a sudden. Now she's got the jet black eyes sometimes and she's just evil and she's just going and um, doing things that just don't make sense anymore. Like she, she tries to seduce Donald Glover who mentions that he has a crush on her, but it's like, why would she seduce Donald Glover all of a sudden? And then it doesn't really go anywhere because then she kills him. But it's like, I, I like what was the point of that? Yeah, she 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 claims she wants him to make her feel normal. Uh, he refuses, um, and that's where she mentions that the hell thing I was talking about about like I have been trying to get over this one thing I did wrong in my whole life, and I'm still going to hell for it. And this is where I began to theorize maybe maybe she's possessed. Like, maybe since this is so religious that maybe there's an actual demon inside her, because that's the only thing that would make this make sense. Because otherwise, you know, even with the limitless powers, there's no reason that she should have, you know, become essentially a Jedi, you know? Right. And actually, I felt like uh, the, the final film that I had written down here that this was derivative from was Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. That's what this last act of the film felt like. Yes. Because Sam Neill sees hell and now he's just evil because it just makes you crazy. Hell, it makes you crazy. And now he's just evil and he's going to kill Lawrence Fishburne and everybody else on the spaceship. Yeah. So, which, by the way, spoiler, that's a great movie. Go see it. Um, so that's kind of where this was coming from, I guess, is that she's just evil now and she's just going to kill everybody. And then we all just have to deal with it. Uh, but 
the way that she kills everybody was very um, not showing it to you. Like, um, Donald Glover gets smushed in a locker like it's fucking Prom Night 2. Um, the uh, douchey, uh, what's his name? Uh, generic white guy. Uh, yeah, generic white guy. Have you never watched uh, American Horror Story? No. Well, have you ever seen X-Men Days of Future Past? No. Why? Because I don't like good things, okay? Apparently. I said it. So anyway, so Tate over here uh, swallows an you e You did know. You and then, and then he dies, which is the most fucking 2010 death I could ever imagine. Is this guy died from vaping? Like that's yeah. it's oh my god, so stupid. Yeah. So he dies. Uh, Donald Glover gets crushed. Uh, Lee guy gets brain schmelded. She like squeezes his head until he dies. Yep. Um. Redhead girl gets her neck snapped, but none of them are super bloody. Which here's the thing: mm-hmm. if you're gonna part of the thing that works for Event Horizon is A, you've got great actors. B, you've got an interesting story. But it works the same exact way that Clyde Barker's Hellraisers work. If you're going to show hell, or aspects of hell, it better be the most disturbing shit we've ever seen in our life. Yes. And so they don't commit to that in this movie. They don't. They show us the hallway, they show us the fire, they show us the girl, oh my god. Mm-hmm. But none of the deaths are particularly particularly gruesome. No imagery involved is particularly gruesome. It's just, hell is bad, take our word for it. It's very much censored. So you're absolutely right there. And also, they don't really establish, you know, Olivia Munn's powers, because the Reddit is the last one left alive. So at this point, she is your hero. It turns out, oh, just kidding, she is your uh, Jamie Lee Curtis of this movie. So, you know, she's got some serum in a syringe that's supposedly just going to, once again, science is just going to knock out and kill Olivia Munn if she gets injected into her, which is becoming nearly impossible because she's uh, essentially all powerful, even goes back and injects more serum into her own brain. Why did she do that? She wanted more. I don't know. She wanted to be more powerful. I have no idea. She went back and she took the condensed milk in a bag and injected it into her brain and then she was just super black eyes and became super saiyan i was like why yeah what's the motivation to do that yeah and her her powers are so unestablished because it's like um it it pretty much establishes like oh telekinesis and um like mind reading like can can read people's minds um and can also you know move things with their minds so so she can turn out the lights you know because that's a physical object. She can, she can turn out the spoopy. lights. I think we can all agree that turning the lights off is pretty spoopy. It's pretty spoopy. But then at one point, they're in the morgue section of this, and all the bodies sit up. And so you're thinking, which is never touched again. And so you think, okay, does she actually have the power to reanimate corpses with her mind now? Or is she just physically making them sit up like puppets just to scare them? Or, or and then And then the last thing is that once Redhead goes, okay, here we go, final battle... Olivia Wilde, like Freddy Krueger, throws her into the world of the nightmare that she's been having, into this, you know, fiery apartment where the redhead confronts the little girl version of Zoe, Olivia Wilde's character, who opens her hand up and shows uh, matches. And turns out she started the fire in the apartment. She started the fire and she lighted it. Um, And she... uh, Kill all her neighbors. (laughs) 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 Olivia Wilde comes in. So, um, so yeah, so that's why it's been such a big regret and a nightmare for her for forever is because her eight-year-old self started the fire and uh, she convinces the little girl version of her. And this is just totally unexplained. At this point, we're, we're fully inception at this point where it just there's no logic. The movie has no logic at this point. And um, it says, OK, little girl, Zoe, if you can open the door where your neighbors are trapped behind, then I can defeat this evil superpower version of you that's behind you. Okay, sure. Opens the door. Blast of white light hits Olivia Munn. We're back in the lab. She's got the syringe in her chest. Uh, They take her down. Everything's fine. At this point, here's where I I couldn't, I had to actually just replay, you know, scrub back to the last 20 seconds to make sure I was seeing things correctly. Because 
Uh, Olivia Wilde's laying there dead. Uh, paramedics come in and, you know, rescue this very, at this point, broken and battered, you know, redheaded camera girl. And um, she looks over to where the body was. It's gone. And then at this one, we see her. We see an over-the-shoulder shot of the paramedic who's down at her face ready to help her. And I see her eyes slowly turn to the paramedic and I go, if that's fucking Olivia Wilde, I'm going <laughs> to throw this goddamn... It's fucking Olivia Wilde. It is! And so, yeah, so that's the story of how I threw my iPad out the window. Because... <laughs> it's so... It's, it's so just cartoony It and is dumb. so cartoony! It literally is the scene from Amazing Spider-Man 2 where he's wearing the fireman's hat and spraying down Electro. I'm like, <laughs> what? Why did she turn it? It is literally the Joker from Dark Knight in the nurse's outfit. That is yeah. what it fucking looks like. It's, it's not even that though. It's it was like it's like magician Bugs Bunny shit because it is. it's like oh Olivia Wilde's dead. Oh thanks paramedic. Let me check back. Uh oh she's gone. Uh oh like I was hoping like at that point I was half expecting that Olivia Wilde was going to be in the paramedic's outfit, and then we were going to jump cut to over her shoulder, and the red-headed camera woman was now going to be Olivia Wilde. Like, it might as well have been that. <laughs> and then they both look at the camera, and then it shows a camera crew that's all Olivia Wilde. You have a, a And the PA. director's sitting there, and it's Olivia Wilde. Like, yeah. it might as well. Yeah, Olivia Wilde comes in with Starbucks for the crew. You know, like, hey guys, are we wrapping up this movie yet? <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, it was very, I'm Olivia Wilde, you're Olivia Wilde, everyone's <laughs> Olivia Wilde, like, it just was, it was very dumb. Oh, and then, of course, we can't forget the old sequel bait, I guess, or last jump scare of the movie, she grabs the lead guy, throws him on the table, and now that she used up all the condensed milk brain juice, so now she's just gonna do a blood transfusion, I guess, Yeah. and put that in his brain, and mm -hmm. then he comes back to life, and I guess he'll be evil too, or he just has blood flooding his brain, which will not allow it to function properly, and will just drown it, and then he'll be dead anyway. So Yeah, and it's implied that she's going to do that to all of them, assuming that it works. Um, and so, basically, stay tuned, guys, uh, for next summer, Lazarus Effect 2, starring an army of super-powered Olivia Wilde's. Yeah, that's really going to be it. Taken on the town. It, in fact, it'll be called Lazarus Effect 2, being Olivia Wilde. <laughs> so it'll also be a, it'll also be a sequel to being John Malkovich. Last mm. effect to Vegas or bust. <laughs> oh God! So what did you think about this movie overall? Uh, I, I think exactly what you said that you know early on, aside from a little bit of the tropey stuff about like oh Evan Peters' character is kind of hanging out late night and oh the the cage for the dog opens up and you get a lot of very stereotypical very tropey. Um, you know, jump scares and, and horror movie nonsense. But once they discovered that this movie's like scary limitless, I was kind of on board. You know, right. uh, when, when she looks at the redhead while she's sleeping and the redhead suddenly is in the nightmare, you know, at one point. I mean, I was on board. I was like, where, where are they going with this? You know, like, I really want to see. I'm very, uh, you know, because I was expecting Pet Cemetery. I was expecting zombie Olivia Wilde is just going to mindlessly kill everyone in this mm. lab. Um, I was not expecting superpowers. Um, and so so that I was totally on board until it's just Olivia. Apparently, the side effect of seeing what hell is you just become a complete bitch. You know, there's one point where right. she literally says to the redhead, like, hey, um, I can tell you're thinking you don't belong here. And that's right, because you're not a scientist. You're a dumbass camcorder operator. So you're right, bitch. You know, and I mean, your shoes are really ugly. It was like, really? <laughs> We're going to be this petty? No, absolutely. So. So yeah, she became a total raging bitch, and uh, and and at that point it just totally lost me because it, it, this one you're like, who who do I side with here? Am I, am I on the team of the grieving husband because he's dead, so I can't really be on his team anymore? Uh, you know, mind the team of this kind of undefined character, redhead girl. There's nobody really relate to after Olivia Wilde becomes evil, and it just becomes very humdrum. Yeah, it was very weird, and like I said. That second half jumped the shark very hard. It did. Because the first half, like I said, I had seen movies done what it was doing better, but it was still, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't terrible. And then, yeah, once she just becomes evil and loses all motivation and is just being a dick just to be a dick, it was like, why, 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 why is this happening? So, yeah, no, it was, uh, did you feel the production value 
somehow redeemed it for you? You know, uh, asking me that before we started talking about it, my answer was yes. Now that I've really discussed it with you, you know, I, I can't really justify that at all actually um now that we're actually sitting down and pointing out everything that is terrible with this movie i, I don't know that i could say this is inherently better than the hollow or the chosen just because it had money and actors yeah. but um that said i mean speaking of actors speaking of actors uh-huh. who are you nominating for the toby award in acting excellence oh goodness the toby award oh i totally forgot okay so um let's see you know, honestly, I think the Toby Award for this movie, I think I'm, I would give it to Evan Peters, you know? I would also give it to Clay, yeah. Mm. Uh, he was the, I feel, most one note of of all the characters. Because, really, we get uh, the most characterization of Olivia Wilde and Dude from the League. Yes. Those, we get the most mm-hmm. information, which still isn't a, a wonderful amount, but we do get some characterization for both of them. We don't get shit for anybody else. No, we don't. There's there's no amount of characterization. I mean, everybody else is very one-note, very much just scientist. Donald Glover could very well be playing his same character from The Martian, you know, just kind of right. nameless scientist. Um, and, and Evan Peters specifically, I think, is the one that they tried to extend the most by saying that he was the one that really had an issue with all this, and he's the one that's going to call the police, and he's the one that's going to, you know, really confront Olivia Wilde about where did Don... What did you do with childish Gambino um and right. ultimately um you know it, it still fell flat so that's why I, I feel confident giving him the Toby this week absolutely absolutely because yeah he's they wanted to make him the stoner character but at the same time didn't want to fully commit to that and he dies from inhaling a vape e-cig so it's just there's no there's no dignity there no um no. so uh yeah like I said uh short synopsis the movie's poop so Let's go into uh, into the the realm of whatever this new gaming that we're going to be doing, Connect Four right. or uh, or Shoots and Ladders. It is. Or it's Shoots and Ladders. So uh, as you okay. see, I've, I've brought up the board game. So you're you're going to tell me where you want your pieces to move. Um, okay. Excellent. <laughs> now, um, uh, just to you know recap for everybody. So so this week uh, we're going to be doing just a few trivia questions. These are written by our intern. Uh, at Hello Greedo on Instagram, who uh, runs our Instagram at Frightful Failures. And uh, she wrote a few uh, trivia questions for us. Um, and so this is going to be three questions. So whoever gets the most right between Zach and I um, will be able to select next week's movie. And the loser has to write a super positive review of Lazarus Effect. So um, the first question is... In the 1960 classic Psycho, Janet Lee's character Marion checks into the Bates Motel while on the run after she steals a large amount of money from her employer's client. How much mm-hmm. money did she steal? I would have to guess. Um, let's see, it was in the 60s, so I would say $800,000. $800,000? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go way less just because 60s. I'm going to say five grand. Okay. Um, just because it's been a while since I've seen Psycho, and so it could be a, a much smaller amount. So um, we'll note that here. Now, because the answers for all these, I haven't seen them. They're stored in a, a separate area. We'll ask all questions first. So we'll note both of our answers here and then uh we'll we'll go over the answers in just a bit so second question true or false the exorcist was the first horror movie to ever be nominated for a best picture oscar uh i would say false on that all right i'll say true all right and then the last and final question here is and this will be another numerals question. Whoever gets closer, um, what? How much revenue did Scream bring in on opening weekend? Ooh, I would say. Um, let's go with I would say sixty-five mil. Sixty-five mil. Yeah. All right. So it would already cover its budget, and so they would consider it a success. Yeah, I'm gonna once again shoot way less. I'm thinking 90s as well, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 25. So you're 65, 25. All right. So now the answers to these questions. We have uh, number one was forty thousand dollars. 
So oh, shit. that does so, technically make me so right there. So I am I am that. correct. Um, uh, number two was at least I, at least I wasn't a total idiot like ten million dollars. Like at least I was at least in the thousands. Yeah, so <laughs> number two is true. God damn it! I really thought it was going to be false. To be honest with you. Um, and then number two is uh, 6.3 million. Jesus, I'm terrible at this game. I really... Let's go back to Connect 4. Jesus. <laughs> I really, really wanted... Uh, I was really rooting for you here. Um, because, as you know, I won last week. I'm thinking, as, as a gentleman, I would like to just give this to you. Um, because since I won last week, um, and just to, 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 you know, balance it out here, since we're just now starting these games off, I'd like to give the victory to you so that you can go ahead and choose next week's movie, and then I'll be forced to write a super positive review of uh, Lazarus Effect. All right? All right. I, 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 I appreciate that. Um, let's see. I don't know. I saw on Netflix that something just came in called The Diabolical. The Diabolical. Yeah, 2015 not rated, which you know that means a good thing. Oh, perfect. We um, need some not rated after this PG-13 nonsense. <laughs> uh, when poltergeist experiences turn ugly, investigate. And remember, some evil entities don't respect science. Oh, is this the frightening? Uh, maybe, maybe. Hmm. Anyways, so I suck, and so maybe we'll do that unless I can find something better or worse. Um, That's totally fine. See so yeah, any any uh, any final notes here? Anything else you want to include before we uh, sign off? Uh, well, we'll just uh, plugs real quick here. So um, anybody who stumbles upon this, say we really appreciate uh, any help here early on as we're starting off with these first few episodes. So if you could uh, leave a review on iTunes, certainly subscribe, um, and then follow us on Twitter at Fright Failures and Instagram at Frightful Failures. Uh, that would be fantastic. We certainly appreciate any amount of support from anybody that uh, happens to stumble upon this. Excellent. Excellent. I agree. Yeah, so thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Uh, I am Zach Romero. And I am TN Guignol. Thank you again, and keep circulating the tapes. <laughs>